Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Isn't It Lovely podcast, the podcast where we seek to shine the light on all that is lovely. I am Tracy. And I am Rachel. And Tracy, it was so much fun to have the incredible Rebecca Scott on the podcast today. She is a local purse and bag designer. However, she is also the ultimate encourager, which we learned today in spades. Oh man, I felt so alive when she was talking. I felt very encouraged and I felt like I could do this. And she has an Encourager podcast, which we really encourage you guys to check it out. And also she also has a course called the Encouragement Academy. And the thing that I love is again, just back to our theme, Rachel, of empowering women. She says you can have a family and you can also run your business. You can do this. And so she just really gives practical tips on how to kind of stage our day. And she just lets us know that we can do it. Absolutely. She is the big sister that we all need, that we all love. We're so excited for you guys to hear this episode. Okay, Rebecca, let's we're do it. We're so excited <laughs> to have you here. We are going to be talking about all of your different ventures and companies and the amazing things that you do. But before we get to that, we wanted to start off by talking about so often we are told specifically as women that, you know, we can, we can have it all. We just can't, ha- we cannot have it all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we feel like we're operating from a place of chaos and we're not sure where to start or how to continue and how to keep believing in ourselves. But you have a podcast called The Encourager. You Mm -hmm. are the encourager. We've been with you for 10 minutes and we already want to be your best friend. But one of your gifts is that you help people harmonize work and home together so they can still make your dreams come true. And you're kind of like everybody's big sister saying like, actually, you've got this, like you can do this. And Mm -hmm. here's the resources and the tips and the tricks to do this. So can you just sort of walk us through this approach? Where did this approach and this particular passion come from? Oh, interesting. So I, I love the big sister reference because once I do know you and then I'm like, don't, don't you dare talk negative to her. Like I may have met him five minutes, but I'm like very big sister complex. Love it. Um, my, I was always told I grew up West river and I love where I grew up and not in a mean spirit, but I was always told when I said I wanted to be a designer or an anchorman, I wasn't sure at the time when I wanted to be, they said, Oh, you're not gonna be able to do that in the Midwest. You'll have to go to the coastlines. And I just remember thinking, I don't want to move. Like I was a ranch kid. So I was like, what? I love this. Like, I don't want to move. So I wonder if just that tiny seed planted in me that like, well, I'm going to prove I'm wrong. And so the rest of the time I just kept thinking, yeah, it's totally doable, whatever I want to do. So part of it, the little passion right there was just like, I'm going to prove it wrong. And then as I kept developing and creating different things, they were like, yeah, you could do that, but you might want to head somewhere else or get a manufacturer or whatever that looked like. And it was always like outside of myself. And I just kept thinking, no, 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 no. If God has planted this inside of me, there's got to be a way that I can do this here. And so some of the passion was born from like my need to figure it out myself. And then my need to know that if God has planted it on my heart to create, then there was going to be a way that he would do it right where I was planted. I love that. If that answers it. Yeah, that's that's a beautiful answer. Okay, so let's go back to all of your business that you do have Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. We probably missed a lot of them when we listed. We listed them in our questions. But so you have Rebecca Scott Designs. Mm -hmm. Rachel mentioned the Encourager podcaster. Mm -hmm. You have, is it 1948? Yeah. Leather. 1948 leather. Mm -hmm. leather. You wrote a book. I did. You have a coaching online digital (laughs) course. I do. What else are we missing? (laughs) I'm a mom of four. A mom of four. The best job of all. Married to one. Yes. Uh, not, not the children. <laughs> Let's make that weird. Let's make that weird. I met married to one husband. So there's a marriage in there as well. And then yes. the kiddos. And they're all quite delightful. But no, I think you I think you got the majority of them. Okay. So 
talk to us about how that all started. Well, uh, RSD, uh, we shorten it and call it Rebecca Scott Designs. RSD started when we were poor newlyweds, uh, both at college at SDSU. Christmas came about. We d- I didn't know how I would buy gifts, but big gift givers. And I did have fabric and I had my sewing machine because some people get cards when they graduate. I got a sewing machine. Word. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, well, I can sew purses. I love purses to this day. I'm like, ooh, you can wear a gray V-neck t-shirt, but if you have a great bag, they're like, ooh, she tried. So I love purses. I made some purses and I started getting orders from their friends and family. I thought, well, this would be kind of fun. And then it just dawned on me like, gosh, if I got to sew all day, that would be the most amazing job ever. And so then I just kept kind of, you know, filling these orders and I was working in radio at the time. I just kept filling them and filling them until I was like, doing the math very quickly. Um, How could I quit that and do this? And then I wanted to raise kiddos. Five minutes of having my son, Gus, I looked at my husband and said, I want to have a lot of these. It's like, okay. <laughs> Love it. So then um, that just kept developing, and then I would have another kiddo, and I would need another employee to help me figure out how to run this. And then um, people kept asking me, how are you going to, or how do you do this? Like, I'd be at a show, and I'd already had probably three kids. I don't know. I think I started the podcast when I had two kiddos. They're like, how are you doing this? How are you running a fairly successful manufacturing, basically, you know, I was mass producing all these purses and I had a, you know, two full booths full of all this handmade product. Like, how are you doing this and being a mom and being a wife? How does this go? Well, I couldn't tell them in two to three minutes at a show like, oh, well, I do this. But then I thought, well, I could use my radio background. I could start a podcast. I can show them exactly how I do this because I wanted to tell them, like, I'm not like surviving on two or three hours of sleep. I, I just have systems in place that make it possible for me to be able to do this. And again, just wanted to encourage him, like, you could totally do this. What is it that you want to do? Let's let's go ahead and break that down and figure out how to do it. So that's how the podcast started. And then, um, and I loved that because I just, again, I loved the encouraging aspect. And then I loved the feeling that I could see wash over a woman, like if I was with him, that they're like, oh, it is doable. Like, oh my gosh, yes, it's all very, very doable. Um, but maybe only at 1%, like you talked about with the two two roles running, you may not be able to do it 100%, but maybe you can do it at just 1% or at 10%. Then the listeners started asking for something more tangible. Like, I just, I love listening, but I just want something tangible. So then I wrote the book um, at 4 a.m. for six weeks, (laughs) from 4 to 6 a.m. I wrote the book and then um, had another kiddo. And um, then they kept saying, I still want more. I'd like coaching. And so then that just naturally formed from the book. Like the book was a tool and then um, the coaching started. And I do love, I love the coaching part of things. Pause the coaching, not pause the coaching part of things. That's up and running and doing its own thing. And then 2020 struck. And I thought, I've always wanted to have a leather, a genuine leather brand as well. RSD is canvases and a faux leather. And I love it because I love pattern. But I've always wanted to have genuine leather to pay homage to my dad and growing up out west. So I had the time because I wasn't traveling to all the shows in 2020. And so we started the brand 1948, which is near my dad was born. And the logo on it is literally our cattle brand that we put on our cows. So that's kind of so cool. cool. That's awesome. And my dad is an amazing man. So anyways, then that started and I found a leather maker because my other hesitation was like, ooh, I don't actually know how to do leather. Like I love leather and I can sketch something out and tell you exactly what I want but I don't have the machines. Do I have the time to learn it? And then of course, God was like, oh wait, we can do that. And I found this most amazing leather maker. Her name is Paige. 
and we love her and it's a co-designing experience. I can tell her what I like. She can tell me what works with leather. She can like offer ideas because she knows so much about it. It's been a really beautiful, awesome relationship. And then 1948 was born. And then what else did you ask about? Wow. <laughs> we can just oh, pause there. Then, then the yeah. academy. And so the coaching yes. turned into an academy because I couldn't do one-on-one coaching with all the kids in their new stages of life and 14, no, 13, <laughs> 16, 10, and 8. So then the academy is where you can, it's a digital course. Digital course. Watch the video, consume the content. If you wanted to pursue coaching after that, you certainly can. But again, it was just a way to get it into their hands so people can feel encouraged. Wow. I love that so much. You know, and we talk about this. Any of our regular listeners know we're always talking about how incredible it is when people operate from a place of abundance. And you are doing that in spades, Rebecca, because there's so (laughs) often that people maybe want to hold their cards a little closer to the vest or think, oh, there's maybe not enough to go around. And I certainly feel empathy for when you come from a place of scarcity. But clearly that has not been your journey, which Mm -hmm. is so incredible. And we talked off mic about some of your mentors, including one Bob Goff, who is a speaker and writer that we all just sort of, you know, want to have as our adopted, you know, extra yes. dad bonus, bonus, great uncle. Yeah, <laughs> I don't all know the above. I'm all, all of the above. So can you just talk to us your journey? And you touch on this a little bit, but just kind of like from mentee to mentor, like what are some maybe life-changing things that were said to you or some paradigm shifts that you've had along the way that then you've been able to share with other people? I'm not sure where I picked this up, but the idea that you could still do both work and home life, you didn't have to choose between the two of them. And I think it's very well said that it's like, well, you can do one or the other, or there'll be seasons when one is better than the other. And and that is true as well. But I think with all of my, especially in the beginning in the entrepreneurs, you just consume everything you can possibly think of. You know, I was in the car and I was listening to something. I was listening to a book. I'd be changing a diaper and I was listening to a book. I would give giving them a bath, listening to a book. So well, I can't pinpoint one exactly. Bob Gaff was very big about dreaming big. So I did consume a lot of that and thinking he had an incredibly busy life. He was an attorney and he had children and oh my gosh, he stood on so many amazing boards and he still managed to save children. Like how did he fit that in? And he doesn't act like it was some big hero thing. He's like, it's just what we're called to do. So that definitely influenced me in like, what is the small way that I can do it here in the Midwest or maybe eventually the big way, but how can I, one thing that I talk about frequently is one percenting it. And I don't know where it came from, but I don't know that it was mine. But I do always approach things with a 1%. Like, how could I do it at just 1%? And I think that's how the other brands started coming along. Is like, well, I'm not going to do 1948 at 100%, but how can I this year just do it at 1%? So what would that be? Be finding this leather maker. And then that starts snowballing itself. And same thing with the academy. It's like, well, how could I start that? Well, I could do one video once a week. So the 1% concept, well, it's definitely become mine. I can't for sure say it started with me. I love that. And I love that it makes it so accessible to people that are maybe trying to start to incorporate a new passion or something into their life and to be like, it's okay. You don't have to quit everything and devote your next like seven days to this, but like just like a couple of hours, an hour a week can really make a difference. I love that. That's so accessible. I think it's too like, like if that's a book on your heart and it needs to be out there and it's been laid on your heart, like it starts at one sentence at a time. Like literally one sentence at a time. I think we can handle that much. No matter what you are doing, one sentence could be done. That's so good. I want to, off mic, we talked about this jokingly, but I really, I actually do really want to ask you about this because you said, speaking of your book, you wrote it between the hours of four and six. Yep. (laughs) 
Four a.m. and six a.m. So it's very specific, and I think you're big on that. You're big on timing things and setting things out. How did that get brought about about you? Did someone teach you that, or did you just come up with this method of timing? I had a very distinct, thankfully, a very distinct moment that defined all of the academy and everything, actually, including the book. Um, Gus was 18 months old. My business was 18 months old. I was running in and out of the house to get product to pack for a show in Aberdeen. And he kept tugging on my shirt to be like, Mom, I need a snack. However they say that at 18 months old. I was like, give me a minute, give me a minute, like trying to run. Meanwhile, like the email dings were going off, the phone, like we still had a landline at the time, the phone's going off, the van like ringers going off so you can tell like as a mom you're like I don't hear anything (laughs) but all of a sudden then you're like whoa it's all firing up but one of the times (laughs) back he asked for a snack and I screamed at him in the most awful tone like stop and well I can't do it justice I remember this to this day it chokes me up thinking about it and I got down on my knees in front of this little guy who was like I don't have no idea why you're being so you know mean and dramatic what's going on mommy and I just had a moment where I was like I can't I never really said I can't do this, but I don't want to do this. I don't want to have to keep trying to operate at this speed and trying to be a mom. But I knew that God had laid on my heart to create. And so instead of taking the route of like, it's going to have to wait, I thought, well, how can I do this harmoniously together? Mm. And so after I got on the snack, because they never forget the snack, (laughs) I canceled the show, which is kind of a big deal because you don't get invited back for like six years. But I knew it was the right thing to do. And I sat down with a notebook and I was like, how am I going to do this? I didn't, for whatever reason, did not take an approach. I'm going to quit. I thought, how am I going to do this? So I started blocking. And I could go on and on in like grave detail of how much I love blocking. But what I did was time how long it took to do everything in a day. So how long did it take to make breakfast for him? How long did it take to exercise? How long did it take to shower? How long did it take to surge, which is a sewing process? How long did it take to cut out the bags? How long did it take to check email? How long did it take to make supper? How long did it take to do chores? So that I could like see the sheer number of minutes I was doing things. And then I broke out like, which one of these are home life? Which one of these are work life? Which one of these is me focused, like exercise? Which one of this is like family focused, supper time, food? And then I saw these categories developing and I was like, okay, there's a pattern. Hmm. And when you have a pattern, you can repeat it. Or you can stop if you like don't like the pattern. So when I got these chunks worked out, it was like, oh, I can do this. And I could also judge how much I could and couldn't do. Like... If I recognize that the sleeping, let me think of a more specific, um, like it's when I decided I am no longer a skillet person for like food, like no way, no way. I'm not, we can't do skillet meals because you have to like reserve 45 minutes before supper. I'm like, no, that's 45 solid minutes I could be doing something either work-wise or playing with Gus at the time. So then I got into crockpot meals because I'm like, I can put it together in the morning and then I don't have to think about food again. So good. So that's where like the time blocking started for me. And so yes. the book, and I would always like to give permission here too. I wrote the book when I first went to uh, Jeremy Brown, love him with Throne Publishing. I said, I want to write a book. And he said, okay. And then I went home and he told me the amount of hours it would take. And I was like, well, by the way, I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so How many minutes is that going to take? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what kind of baby I'm going to have yet. So I actually paused it for 14 months. So there's also permission, like... I didn't say yes all the time and always start something. I did have some self-control. I was like, nope, that's not wise. So kept going with the podcast in the meanwhile, so that could still be developing. Paused the book. Then once I had her, kind of figured out what kind of baby she was. Then I was like really passionate about writing this book. So then I just did it from 4 to 6 a.m. Uh, for about six weeks. 
Incredible. And I just want to ask you, Rebecca, is this part of your personality? Are you kind of, you're organized. Is your husband the same? Uh, depending on what it is. Okay. So yes. yes. Like his pickup. No, but <laughs> his like school board notes and his township notes and that kind of stuff. Yes. And his, the way he organizes a project, we love DIY. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very organized in that way. Rebecca too. I want to go back to something that you said. And sometimes we feel a sense of like, we talked about earlier, a little bit of chaos or like a little bit of franticness for lack of a better word. And what I hear you saying when you canceled that show Mm -hmm. that you were playing the long game, like there could have been the part of you that was like, Oh gosh, I won't get invited back for six years. And like, again, a little bit of that scarcity mentality. And I'm just really struck by the fact that you were like, but if this is to be sustainable, I have to take the time now and sort of plan for the long game. So I love, like you said, giving people permission to press pause on their dreams and to appreciate timing. And like you said, 14 months later to do the book and to know that most of the time we will get there. And that when God has placed a calling on our heart or given us an opportunity, like he'll keep it warm for us. Like he'll keep it safe for us until the right time. So I love that you gave people a little permission. They're like, it doesn't have to be, you know, just (laughs) driving yourself into the ground. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay. The other part of that is like, I had a seamstress come to me and we were exchanging product for the week and she rolled out of her van and her like tracksuit, for lack of a better word and hair a mess. And then we were put together and my kids were put together and she was like, what, tell me this isn't what you're like. And I felt a punch in the gut because my first reaction was, no, 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 we have days like that too. And then I was like, I was being falsely humble because the truth was I did have it together. And I was like, wait, I can show you how to do this. And so that's what originally started the podcast episodes was going like, wait, I can help her. Like, this is, this is not rocket science. Not that you have to be all put together all the time. That's not the point of the story. But the point is like, wait a minute, I could offer her help because I'm not doing anything she couldn't obviously do. And then the writing just flowed because I was like, well, I do this and I try this and I try this. And that's how that I love that. And I've heard you say too, you know, when God asks you to do something or calls you to do something, he's equipped you with every tool you need to execute. Thousand percent. But you do need a plan. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what that was a light bulb moment for me where I just am always like, I'm not a planner. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, you are. Well, I, yeah, maybe I need to be. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I need to start timing how long it takes to do my mascara. I don't know. Right. But no, it was about really 45 in- seconds. <laughs> She knows. She knows what's up. Um, no. So I, even myself, I just felt really empowered by what you were saying and something Rachel and I have been talking about. Oh my goodness, Rachel, for years. And I, we feel even embarrassed saying this in the year 2023, but I think there is a message sometimes that says, you know what? We can't do both. We can't. And we have people telling us, no, you can't. Even though we feel like we have these gifts that we, that God has asked us to use, but yeah, we still have young kids at home. And so it's one of those things where it's like, like you said, pause it until your kids are older and then you can be who you are. And we have really found that is not, that's a lie from the devil. I feel like that's keeping us in a, just keeping us, that's not the word, not tame, just keeping us confined, I guess I would say. So I love your message that you're giving to women and what piece of encouragement can you say to even someone like Rachel and I just, Mm -hmm. you know, you can do this. Maybe that's what you want to say. I don't know. That you could totally do it. And again, I would just 1% it. Like if it's a, it's a season where this kiddo needs more specific needs, then you're like, you know what? I can't do it at hundred percent, but here's what I could do it at. Like, hmm. don't just say no, because they're telling you, you have to separate the two of them. Hmm. Just find out what percentage you could do it at, because I truly believe like it does not have to be chaotic. And it makes me sad when people are like, ah, it's chaotic and it's totally fine. And I'm like, what? 
No, because they um, they don't want that for themselves either. And so just get a little bit more planned out and how you could approach it and pause it if you need to. But I don't think you have to pause it indefinitely. I think there's still a percentage of it that you can do. Uh, amazing. This is so great. And I think you just sort of answered a little bit too, Rebecca, but we've also talked about seasons. Have you ever had a time in your life where you did feel overwhelmed and you thought, oh gosh, maybe, maybe I do need to, to quit. And if you did sort of mm. what kept you going during that time, or was that not your journey because of kind of the prep work that you had done prior and making a schedule and making time blocks and whatnot. And what would you say again to somebody who's feeling overwhelmed? So yes, there are seasons where I push pause. Like I stopped my podcast for I, a year or 15 months. Like I had run out of content. I felt like I had wrote everything that was on my heart for the current systems. I was running the systems like a rock star. We had tragedy occur in my own family. My oldest brother died by suicide and we had some other stuff that I'm not at liberty, but family stuff that I was like, this is so heavy. I couldn't find the creativeness to write and that was not my main business, but I still had enough creative energy to create the purses. And so I thought, okay, I got to compartmentalize. And this is a season to just dial back into my own um, roles, like as a daughter and as a sister, how can I like be more available to my family and then to my young family as well as they kind of process grief too. And so put pause on the podcast, like let's just wait. And that was so... I don't even know if it was that strategic. It was just like, it's just gotta go. Like it wasn't even an option to be like, yeah, let's just keep it rolling because I was so depleted from energy to write. You know, you're, you're, when you're grieving, you just shift your mindset. I mean, shift your mindset is not the right word, but it's very consuming. Grieving is very consuming. And just when you think you're over it, there's another wave of it. And so it was more of a relief that I had the option. And I think it was my husband an awesome guy who was like, we need to push pause on some things because otherwise I am very driven. And that was like, oh yeah, let's, let's reflect, let's pause. So yes, I have paused things. I don't even know if it would have been strategically because I wouldn't have picked that, but I have paused things so that I could concentrate on the things that matter the most at that moment. And I picked it back up. So there's permission there too. Yeah. It took a little bit like, eh, I'm not going to pick it up yet. And then all of a sudden it was like, Ooh, I've got some stuff to say and I've got some people I want to help and I got some people I want to encourage. And mostly it's like, and I've learned some lessons. So I got to tell people, don't do this. Like a lot of my podcasts are, don't do this. You guys. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that's so amazing. And we have talked on the podcast before and just in our own personal relationship too, that just grief is, is not linear. And the way, like you said, it comes in waves. And I think it's really beautiful too how, in some ways it seems like your work was healing, like going back to the manufacturing of the purses, kind of going oh, back for to sure. your Very therapeutic. Space. Oh my gosh. Very therapeutic to just surge all day. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. That sounds so lovely. And because I could be on the phone, you know, like I can sew and I can talk to mom and I can sew and I can talk to my brother who, my other brother who ended up going on the road. Like I thought, wow, that was a beautiful period that none of us orchestrated, but a God much bigger. And it's just like, I will walk you through this together because we're tighter than we've ever been. Hmm. I mean, amazing. Hmm. Part of that's because I was sewing and talking on the phone, you know, like, oh, what a blessing. That's incredible. So this notion of seasons, you talk about this notion of seasons. You just brought up this season of grief mm -hmm. and how that impacted, you know, so many things. Um, 
And we love this idea of seasons, even as we're in like the dead of winter right now. And we're, aren't we so looking forward to spring? Yes. Right. Oh gosh, we're just yes. looking forward to it. And I was listening to something else and it was just talking about like our lives are like that. There are seasons in life. We just can't wait for the next time. And I, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to bring this up, but I'm reading Bob Goff's Undistracted book and he talks about, he sets a timer. He, he came up with this idea of like, he figured out like, he, you know, who knows? We don't know our days, but he was like, you know, approximately I may live until this age. And so I have this much time left on earth. And he said, you know, that may sound really morbid, but actually it's very motivating to get things done. Love it. And something that I see in you, Rebecca, is that just kind of like you are very intentional with your time and you have helped so many people. You have a huge staff right now. I was looking at your picture. So what is it about you where you've said, like, I want to empower other people. I want to invite every people, everybody to this table and give them a voice. Where did that come from? Uh, She's like, it's who I am. <laughs> and, and that's a fair answer. That's a fair it answer. It might just be, is just, it just a gifting within yeah. you, part of your personality, Rebecca? I just anybody that I brought on my team, I just want to keep encouraging them. I mostly just want to tell them, yes, you can do this. I think the world tells us a lot about, about like, well, you're not qualified or you can't do that. Or I just want to be the one that says, yes, you can. Like, especially if it was a dream planted on your heart, it is a vision. It is God saying you can do this. And maybe only for a season too, because sometimes it's like, whoops, sorry, I took that over God. I'm so sorry. And he's like, <laughs> I didn't know, you know, so I think there's a little bit of that, but uh, it's just, it's one of those things that's just innate. Yep. I want to encourage others. Here's a weird thing too about um, Bob Gaff's timer. I love that. I love that. I read my obituary three to five times a week, you guys. Amazing. You yep. Did you write it? Yes. You yeah. wrote it. I wrote it following a program um, that I, that I took and I wrote it and I read it three to five times a week. So I know what I'm aiming at. So that when I leave this earth, I was very intentional about what it gave me and what what I want to aim at and what I want my children to say about me, what I want my husband to say about me and, and what I want them to tell other people at my funeral is like, and it's about uh, 1% in your big dreams. Wow. I feel challenged and emotional. <laughs> no, Rachel, I think let's it's go tremendous. write our obituaries. Uh, as soon as we're done recording, that's what we're going to do. I edit them because I can't think that you'll know, you know, at that point I edit right. it frequently, but I do like reading it to remind myself where am I aiming? That's a cool exercise. Mm -hmm. And again, speaking to empowering Trace, I, yes. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's so great. Yeah. Um, note for the audio, there's an empty chair here at the table. Is is this Bob Goff's chair? Bob? <laughs> yes. <laughs> does this represent yes. Bob? I think it does today. <laughs> I feel like he's been the silent guest at this podcast yes. as well. That's mm -hmm. so funny. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. No, I was listening to something else. I don't remember what it was, but it was talking about how our culture, we just want to pretend that we're never going to die and that, yeah. you know, we're just going to live forever and our legacy will be, everyone will remember who we are. Right. And I just love this idea of actually embracing our mortality and being like, okay, we only have this certain amount of time on earth. Let's go. Right. And so if you, if you waited to do that tiny dream, like, man, yes, could have missed out. But if you just did it at 1%, Amazing. I feel on fire. I cannot wait to go home and start writing some stuff down and, and purchase some timers and timing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be amazing. We could go on and on. Rebecca, <laughs> Part two, how to time things. <laughs> A thousand percent. Yes. We would be so lucky. Um, where can people find you all around the web? Where can they find you yes. and your amazing courses and products? Yes. If you want to buy some awesome purses or have a little creative spirit and you want to design something, go designyourownpurse.com. Uh, if you want to look at my genuine leather goods that are beautiful and smell like dynamite, um, go to 1948leather.com. 
And if you'd like to be encouraged, the encouragerpodcast.com or the encourager Academy, they all live within the same place. And I just hope you walk away feeling encouraged and creative. I do from this podcast. <laughs> Good. Yes, too. Achieved. Mission yes. accomplished. Um, real quick before we move on to what are we loving? I would love to know what are you dreaming of next? What What's your dream? I want to be able to say I coached 100 women into living their dreams more fully, even if it was at the 1%. That's my newest goal. Wow. I think you're going to hit that goal. Oh, and I want to own a 1952 Ford pickup. (gasps) (laughs) Okay. Anyone out there that has a 1952 pickup? Navy blue with chrome detailing like a European nanny. (laughs) (laughs) Not weird at all. Speak it into existence. We're manifesting. I love that. Okay, Rebecca, we end every episode talking about something that we're loving. It could be a book, a person, Bob Goff, (laughs) someone else, anything. What are you loving this week? It's a concept, and I think we need it as Midwest people, that when we talked about seasons, I saw this gal post on Instagram that... It's not that your marriage stinks. It's not that your kids are terrible. You don't need to revamp how to do your makeup or your hair. It's just winter. And I was like, oh, that is so stinking relatable for us right now. So we're in a, in a holding pattern, if you will. And I'm like, gosh, what is God stirring underneath the surface? So it just gave me permission to be like, okay, yeah, I don't need to revamp everything because I'm really driven too. So it's like, let's just do all this over and let's just like dig in and, it was like, oh, it's okay to just be right now. Oh, so good. Oh, what so a comforting a idea. Yes. I know. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. It's just winter. <laughs> I need to go dye my hair. Yes. Right, right. Well, maybe. Actually, I do need to dye my hair. <laughs> my, my roots are kind of Priorities. <laughs> I mean, we can just hibernate and just enjoy this season. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's great permission. Mm-hmm. Rachel, what are you loving? I am so excited Besides to talk Rebecca. about. Besides Rebecca. Besides, thank you, Tracy. You know me. Tracy, reading my mind. I love it. Um, okay, well, as, as we're hibernating, I have the perfect show for everybody to hibernate with. Mm. I have gone on record multiple times on this podcast proclaiming my love for the book Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And I specifically recommend the audiobook because it's all different voices. And Billy Dunn, the main character, I have a crush on his voice. Super awesome. Um, <laughs> it's all good. You guys No follow-up questions. Um, but they're the long awaited, um, television adaption is out on Amazon prime right now. There's going to be 10 oh. episodes. They release the first three and then there's going to be one, I think one or two every <gasps> today. Friday. There's one today. Tracy, I forgot. Oh my recording gosh. on a Friday. Praise God. There is a She's God. going to get her coat. Guys, I'm going to knock this microphone out of the She's way. Out. Tracy, record the outro with Rebecca. <laughs> I got it. Look, I do got it. it. Goodbye. Go, girl. Talk to you guys in 48 minutes. It's TV time right now. <laughs> TV time. TV time activated. <laughs> guys, it is so fantastic. The production quality is so good. It's so faithful to the book. I've watched the first three episodes. I'm loving it. Um, Again, just little, you know, for, for little ears. It's a little SEX drugs and rock and roll. It's based on a band, a fictional Got band it. from the 70s. So just clear. Take care of yourself. <laughs> Did you just spell sex? Well, <laughs> I don't know happened. if little ears were listening. <laughs> My own kids' little ears might be listening. <laughs> I appreciate so, it. So, Daisy Jones and the Six. Um, you can watch it on Amazon Prime. Come and join us and then DM Tracy and I questions and we can have a, a secret conversation it. in our DMs. I love it. How about you, Trace? Our clean rating was just taken away. 
It's okay. It's a dirty podcast now. You can beep out the S-E-X spelling. We'll take care of you. Oh, I, lo- I love that I think kids can't spell that word. Like an eight-year-old listening would be like, what? I still have trouble like, when they say it out loud. I'm still like, gosh, why do you turn into a first grader when somebody spells something? Right. I do. I turn into an yes. immediate first grader. I'm like, <laughs> can't you just say it? <laughs> Much better at audio. Oh, God. So funny. Okay. Mine is, I am loving, there is a cheerleading gym in this town called Dakota Spirit, and it is run by a family. Um, Robin Fritch started it, and her daughters work for her, which is so great, and I know the dad is really involved as well. Um, my daughter's not even in the program, but every now and then she'll pop in and do like a tumbling class. Um Tomorrow she's going to do like stunting with seniors. They're just, they're such a wonderful community and it's faith-based and they're just amazing in every way. I love to see them shine and thrive. And so Dakota Spirit, we'll link them in the show notes. And I'm also loving our, our intern, Riley. Amen. She has been here recording with us and I just Baby. love having her here. It's so fun. R-I-L-E-Y, <laughs> Riley. <laughs> oh, she. We love Riley. Love Riley. So Riley Katz as well. Um, Rebecca, thank you so much. Oh gosh, thank you guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of Isn't It Lovely? If you love what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe by clicking on our show in your favorite podcast app and following the prompts. You can download all of our episodes on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. You can also find all of our episodes on our website at www.isitnotlovely.com. And we are also on Instagram and our handle is Is It Not Lovely Podcast. Keep looking for the lovely in all things. Thanks for listening.